Hey, it's that time again. Time to share another draft chapter from my book, Building the Invincible You. And this one is about generating more awareness. Do people know who you are? Do they know what you do? How can great opportunities flow your way if no one knows that you exist? So I'm going to talk about how you can generate more awareness without feeling, I don't know, dirty about it. And this is Invincible Life. So here we are again. This is more from Building the Invincible You. It's a book I've been writing all year. And I share my framework and some strategies for reclaiming your power in your work and life, regaining your freedom to spend more of your time the way you wish you could, and building the future you want for yourself and your loved ones. If you want to read this draft chapter, you can go to newsletter.invinciblelife.me. That's .me. This is book chapter, Generating Awareness and Building Your Audience, issue number 15. And this is actually chapter 15. Have you ever noticed how some people seem to be approached with great opportunities all the time? They stand out, and people know their names. It seems like 20% of the people get 80% of the attention. Might even be 10%, 90%. (laughs) I don't know. Very few people get most of the attention, especially online. Sometimes it doesn't even seem logical or fair. You know you're more talented and experienced than they are, at least some of these people. So why aren't you the one being asked to interview for that great new position, present at a conference you enjoy attending, speak on a panel with other experts, have a conversation with a well-known podcast host, contribute an article on a topic that's near and dear to your heart? Why aren't you the one being asked to do those things or the things that are important to you? Now, it's never a good idea to compare yourself to someone else. Envy is an unpleasant emotion to experience. So, you know what? Let's set that aside. Let's focus on you, just you. If you ignore other people and what's going on in their lives, you still want great opportunities to flow your way, right? Don't you want good things to come your way? If you're ambitious and want to become invincible so you can call the shots in your work and life, and who doesn't want that? It's not enough to be great at what you do. Sadly, it's not enough. When I see someone crushing it with opportunities, and I know a few people who do this very well, I know three things have happened. They're usually good at what they do. Sometimes they're even great. They've built a strong network and they keep it active. And they're smart about marketing themselves. Ew, marketing. I get it. 
the idea of marketing and promoting yourself may seem distasteful. However, making people aware of who you are and what you do isn't the same as traditional marketing. You don't have to literally promote yourself and shout, look at me, look at me, hire me, buy my stuff. You don't have to do that. But I hope you know the following reality is true nonetheless. You can be the most amazing person in the world, but you won't attract great opportunities if no one knows you exist. Think about it. Would you buy a product you've never heard of or seen before? How about a service you don't even know exists? I highly doubt it. The same is true for you. If you want to become confident, successful, and invincible so you can pursue your goals and live the life of your dreams, you need to discover the right opportunities that will help you in your journey. It's incredibly hard to do it alone. As I discussed in chapter 14, an amazing network will make your life easier. It'll make it better. Even if you don't think you need anyone else's help, per se, you do need other people to hire you or pay for your products, pay for your services. Unless you've inherited a fortune from a long-lost uncle, discovered a hidden gold mine, or captured a leprechaun, you need to make a living. And if you need to make a living... You need other people to know who you are and what you have to offer. You do. Unless you're independently wealthy, you need people. I know this topic is uncomfortable for many of you. I've been working with career clients with my Invincible Career business for many years now. And I'd estimate that 90% of them shudder when I talk about promoting their work and marketing themselves. For them, marketing is a dirty word. Even if they work in marketing and they market products and services for a company, they still don't like the idea of marketing themselves. I mean, it's okay for businesses selling products, but they don't want to apply that model to themselves and their careers. However, as I've said before, you'll become more invincible and successful When you can objectively think of your career as a business, treat your career like a business and think of yourself as the product that the business sells. And it does. If you're an employee, you are selling yourself to an employer. You sell your time. So I'm challenging you to set aside your feelings about marketing And view this as a useful set of strategies you can use to generate greater awareness of who you are, why you're amazing, and what you have to offer. Like any great product with a strong brand that achieves success in the market, there's a funnel that takes you from anonymity to a household name. In this case, You want the right people in your industry to know your name. You want your network to think of you 
when an amazing opportunity arises. You want to become the first person they think of calling. If you haven't seen one of these funnels before, I have an example of it in the newsletter. If you go to newsletter.invinciblelife.me and check it out, it's a basic funnel that starts with broad awareness, funnels to interest. So it shifts from just being aware of you to being interested. Consideration, where someone makes a decision, compares you, and then action, whatever that action might be. That action could be to connect with you, to follow you, hire you, buy something from you. In a later chapter, I'm going to talk about more of that, how to get people more interested in who you are, what you know, what you do. I'll also cover how to persuade folks to take action and to hire you, buy from you. And generally, it's really just helping you achieve your goals. But now in this chapter, let's focus on building that awareness, which is where it all begins, at the top of that funnel. So first, I want to talk about showcasing your expertise. We all have unique and valuable talents, skills, knowledge, and experience. We often leverage all of that to make a living. Some of us have jobs, a lot of people do, nine to five job. Some of us run our own businesses. If you want the best jobs, employers need to be aware of your expertise. If you want clients to hire you, you run your own business, they need to know what you can do and how you can help them, what you sell. The secret to generating the kind of awareness you need to make things happen in life is not to be shy about showcasing your experience. And this isn't about bragging. It's a calm, rational explanation of what you do best. The focus is on how your expertise solves problems others are experiencing. So it's not... I'm the smartest engineer on the planet. I'm the best accountant in the world. I'm the most talented designer you'll ever meet. I'm the greatest real estate agent in the county. I'm the most clever author in the universe. Hands down. It's more about if you're experiencing ABC, and ABC is the problem, the need, I can help by providing XYZ. That's your expertise, the solution you provide. If you're frustrated by ABC, I know how to solve that problem by doing XYZ. I've worked with many people who are struggling with ABC. I provide XYZ so they can break through and achieve their goals. I've helped hundreds of people overcome this issue. Would you like to learn how I did it? That's it. You are connecting with people around a need they have and showcasing, explaining that you have the expertise to solve their problem, to help them get what they want. Talk about what you've achieved, how you do it, and who you help. You don't need to brag to build awareness. It's not about bragging. Just showcase your expertise and let it speak for itself. And I am going to talk more about something related to this, case studies, a little bit later. 
So you need to market the product of you. Getting back to that concept of your career as a business and you as the product. (sighs) I know it's hard for most people to think about marketing themselves. I can tell by the the reactions I get from people when I talk about it. Companies market their products. Businesses market their services. But people? No. People don't market themselves. That's one reason I ask everyone to make a mental shift in how they view their careers and themselves. When you get out of your own head, step outside yourself. Treat your career like a business and yourself as the product that the business sells. It is easier to be more objective about the process of building awareness and getting attention. If you want more opportunities in your life, people need to be aware of you. If you want the best opportunities, people need to know you are capable of doing amazing things. So take a moment to be objective and shed any uncomfortable feelings you might be experiencing. What would you do to market any product, right? And some of the questions that you need to answer, what are you selling? What are you selling? This is probably related to your skills and experience if you're an employee, to your products and services if you're a business owner. What are you selling? What makes it great? Why is it better than alternatives? There's always competitors. There's always someone else that a company could hire. There's always some other product or service people could buy. Who has the problems this product solves? Who needs it? Who wants it? Very importantly, where can you reach them? How do you find them? And what message resonates with them? That's marketing. That's sales. And what do you want them to do if they're interested? This is important. If you are lucky enough to get someone interested in what you're saying, who you are, What do you want to happen? You need to have a website. So I want to talk about using your website, your personal website, because there are two things that I say every modern professional should own to control their destiny, control their career, their future. One is a mailing list. Good old mailing list. I'm going to talk about that. And the second is a website. Now, why do I say that? Well, if you leave your connections, your friends list, your professional network, your followers, fans, the stuff you write, the other content you create, like your photographs and illustrations, your portfolio, if you leave all that in the hands of a corporation and its service, you are vulnerable. You are at its mercy. What will you do if that service fails and it loses all of your information? I mean, sometimes you can download that info to have a backup, but there may be nothing you can do with it without using the original service. You know, like LinkedIn, you can download your connections, but over the years, they no longer provide email addresses for probably the majority of people that come down in that that CSV file. So what are you going to (laughs) do? How are you going to contact those people? Without LinkedIn... There's nothing you can do. And if that disappears, if LinkedIn loses it or they ban you, those connections you've built over many years are all gone. 
What are you going to do if a service decides to suspend you or terminate your account? Like Facebook. What happens if your favorite online profile gets banned and now no one can find you or contact you? Or a service becomes so distasteful, like Twitter, that you leave and now thousands of connections are pretty much gone. So now you've lost decades of connections and information you've invested in building with that account and profile. You may have lost all your content, all your photos, videos, things that you've shared, thoughts you've shared. You may have lost any way to contact your online customers, your loyal fans and subscribers. What happens if Patreon decides to ban you? And you may think I'm being dramatic. You may think I'm being paranoid. But I've been around a while. (laughs) I've been using software and services for decades, long before there even was a consumer internet, before the web. I've watched hundreds of companies come and go. Sometimes they shut down so quickly, you lose everything. You lose everything. It's gone almost overnight. Or they shut down. And there's no easy way to export your data or do anything with it. There's no good alternate service. I've seen people lose everything when they were locked out of their Gmail account and they never got it back. There was no warning, no explanation, no recourse. You know, for example, one day, a few years ago, Facebook suspended my account. (laughs) One One day I just couldn't log in. There was no warning. They gave no explanation. I contacted Facebook support, heard nothing. I messaged my friends who work there to see if they could help. They couldn't get an answer either. So I had no access to my Facebook groups in the community I had created to run my career business. I had to ask someone else to message the group and let people know what was happening, that I was out, locked out. And I was locked out for about a week before Facebook suddenly reactivated my account. One day it just started working again because I kept checking. Again, there was no explanation. They never did tell me why. To this day, I never did figure out what happened. I mean, my best guess is a competitor falsely reported me for a violation and they suspended my account while they investigated. But I'll never know. And there is nothing I can do to prevent it from happening again in the future. I'm at their mercy. So that day, I vowed never to let myself be that vulnerable ever again. I created my Slack community that week and I migrated over. I'm done with Facebook. I don't use it for my community anymore. I'm tired of that. I built some communities on other services too. And I distributed my marketing efforts more equally and frequently across other services like Twitter, LinkedIn, Quora, Medium, Flipboard. I invested in building my mailing list on Substack. I created a redundant backup of that on another email service. I think you see what's happening here. (laughs) I built more robust websites that use open source software, WordPress, and I have them on domains I own. So my current strategy puts my core website and mailing list entirely under my control. And yeah, I still use a whole bunch of online services and social media and publishing sites and all that stuff, but they're just tools. They're marketing channels. It's a way to grow my audience. They aren't my home. They are not my base of operations. 
I no longer have a single point of failure or a risky dependency on any one company. I don't have my primary internet home on a service that leaves me vulnerable and neither should you. You need to own your domain and control your website. Owning your website is one way to reduce your vulnerability. When you have your own website, people will always be able to find you and your content and what you create, no matter what happens. You know, Facebook goes down, Twitter suspends you, whatever. So the first question is, who are the people you most want to find you? The next question, what do you most want from your website visitors? What do you want them to do? Where are you going to guide them? What action do you want them to take? Now, your site can be quite simple or it could be more complex, depending on how you want to leverage it. You know, you may already have a website, but is it doing anything for you? Is it meeting your needs? Is it aligned with who you are, your goals? So think about all that stuff. Who is your target audience? Are you trying to reach peers who you want to respect you? Are you trying to reach potential employers, managers, recruiters? Are you trying to find customers? So who do you want to discover your website and use it? What is your goal? Is it just a basic about me so people can find you and have links to all your other profiles? Is it going to be a design portfolio that's going to encourage employers to hire you? Is it a writing platform to store all your work and build an audience? So what needs to be on your website? How do you want people to contact you? Do you want to use it as a backup for what you post on other services? You know, do you want to have blog posts that back up your medium stories? Do you need functionality like I have on my website that people can schedule a call with me? They can purchase products. They can sign up for my community. There's a lot of other details I won't go into. Um, I have challenges. So I've been doing this every year with my community. We spend, I think it's a month where we have challenges around finding a domain. So what domain do you want to have? Like I have invinciblecareer.com. Choosing a hosting service, like where you're going to host your website, designing the website, putting content on it, everything that you need and more, and then sharing it. So I included a link on, uh, at newsletter.invinciblelife.me so you can check out that challenge. If you join my Invincible Career community, you sign up for the premium newsletter, you get invited into my Slack community and you will get weekly challenges. And this is one. This is about creating your personal website and making it work for you. So you have awareness. People know who you are and what you do. You should create case studies and portfolios. You can let your work speak for itself, right? I have a solopreneurial friend who despises the idea of marketing himself hates it. Doesn't like to talk about it. (laughs) But if people don't know what he does, they can't hire him. Right? So what I've told him is he doesn't need to literally promote himself. It isn't about promoting himself. He doesn't have to do that. He doesn't even need to market what he does per se. He only needs to share the amazing outcomes he delivers. And he does. His work is stunning. It speaks for itself and he does share it occasionally. And if he shares it, people always say, wow, did you design that? And the next thing they say is, okay, 
I want something like that. How do I work with you? So he doesn't need to brag or say, I do X, Y, Z. He doesn't need to talk about himself. He just shares something that he's created. People love it. People want it. And then they ask, how, how can I work with you? Sharing your past work is a great way to build awareness of what you're capable of creating and delivering. No matter what it is you do, this applies to almost every profession I can think of. There's a way to talk about this. You can find a way to share a case study that describes the following. Number one, the problem you were facing. What problem were you trying to solve? What did the customer ask for? What did your employer ask for? Whatever. The problem you were facing. There's always a need or a want or a problem. Then based on that, what were the goals for your project? What were the goals for the work that you decided to do? What you decided to create? And then talk about what you actually did. Some people go into details about their process but you should be literal. It's like you didn't just go and buy something off the shelf and hand it to somebody. You did the work. You created something. You designed something. You built something. You provided some service. What did you actually do? People love to hear about your process. Like how did you go from point A to point Z? How did you get all the way through it? And then probably most important, what were the results? And those results can be, hey, take a look at this thing. Take a look at this house I designed. Take a look at this cake I baked. Take a look at this painting. Check out this, this photographs I took at someone's wedding. Here's the happy couple buying the house that I sold them. Here's the design I did for this company, this tech company, the software I designed. What are the results? And if you can, talk about the metrics. Like, hey, this thing I designed help the company make 10 million more dollars that quarter. Pretty impressive. It speaks for itself. So I am going to recommend you add a section to your website to store your case studies. Just keep a running history of the work you've done. You can share new case studies on social media, LinkedIn, all that stuff. So it kind of drives awareness back to your website. Let the work speak for itself. So people become aware of you and how amazing you are. Some people create work that lends itself well to something called a portfolio, which is slightly different than a case study, but I'm finding those two portfolio and a case study, they're becoming more blended every year. And you've probably heard of portfolios. They're commonly used for, or used by, I should say, designers, artists, photographers, bakers, musicians, engineers, architects, filmmakers, but I think more people could leverage a portfolio than you think. People love seeing the outcome of your work. That's the portfolio. Show me what you did. And that can be visual. And it can also be in words. They want to hear the story behind it. That's the case study. Now your portfolio should be on your website too. There are services that host portfolios and they're specifically designed for that purpose. And that is a good way to get more traffic, right? Have more eyeballs see it. But you should back up all your portfolio work on your website too because you own that and you can make sure it never gets deleted or lost. But there are places like Dribble and Carbon Made, Behance, Adobe Portfolio, Zenfolio, website builders like Squarespace, Webflow, WordPress that can be used just to have portfolios and case studies. Even GitHub really is, it's kind of a portfolio, right? 
That's where engineers share their projects, something they've built, the code they've written. It's a good way to showcase what you've created, the problem it's solved, and demonstrate how you think. Now, I know I'm running short on time with this chapter. I'm going to briefly talk through each of the other sections. Another one that I recommend is to microblog your thoughts. So I don't know if you're familiar with microblogging, but it is a different strategy than writing articles, which take a decent amount of work and time, I should know. It takes me several hours and days to write these articles. Podcasting also, like this, requires a commitment of time and effort. But if you want to stay top of mind with your friends and followers, you have to be present in their feeds on social media and LinkedIn and stuff like that, YouTube, pretty much every day. I know. It drives me crazy. I'm not a big social media fan, but I know I've got to be present a little bit every day. And I can't write a full-blown article and record a podcast every day. So what do I do? I, uh, I do this microblogging. So it's a new strategy I've been using this year. I still write my more detailed articles. I record podcasts like this every week for my subscribers. And it's around career stuff and leadership development, entrepreneurship, and general life lessons, right? How to become more invincible. But I also share very short updates every day on social media, LinkedIn, and stuff like that. I just capture my morning thoughts. And I do that morning journaling I've talked about before while I'm drinking my coffee to start my day. I leave a couple of lines at the top of the paper notebook I use for a brief statement. It can be one to three sentences. You know, I leave some space in the rest of the pages where I just capture all my creative, wild and crazy ideas for whatever. So that statement is usually something that's on my mind or it's a reaction to things that are happening in the world around me. Something I saw on social media, it's driving me crazy. Uh, you know, some examples, one was, I said, unpopular opinion, your resume won't get you a job and your portfolio isn't enough to get you a job either. Uh, I said, crisis reveals character. You'll never get unstuck and unblocked if you're stuck in a routine. Hoping for change is never enough. You have to be willing to take action. Everyone has unique talents inside of them. A few recognize what they are and leverage them. Surprisingly, some choose to ignore them. Sadly, most never find a way to unlock them. So these ideas just pop into my head. Sometimes when I'm in the shower, I'm eating breakfast or I'm working out, I quickly jot them down. I use Evernote in uh, my Ulysses app. It only takes a few seconds. It only takes a few seconds to post that on social media every morning. That's it. And I've stopped being a perfectionist about it. I'm just putting thoughts into the world. We'll see if people react to them, if they want to talk about it. Some people disagree with me. That's great. That's okay. It's good. It's engagement. And every time you show up in the feed, right, your smiling face shows up next to whatever you're posting. So it's your profile photo, your name, your tagline on LinkedIn, for example. It's a mini billboard advertising you. It's pretty easy to execute. And you may, you may be thinking, I don't have anything I want to say. I'm worried about criticism. I don't feel like I have the courage to put a raw thought out into the world. But let me ask you something. Do you see other people sharing their thoughts and their opinions online? Why are their ideas 
any more valid than yours? Why are they any more valuable than your thoughts and opinions? They're not. And for every critic who argues with you, trolls you, makes fun of you, there's probably dozens of people who are quiet fans who love what you're saying. And there's going to be a few that are brave enough to like it and comment and say, I love this. I like how you think about this. I agree with you. And isn't it worth connecting with the people who would love to hear what you have to say, to put up with some of that, to have the courage to do that? And you can use any service that supports this, encourages short-form content. Not all do, but some do. Mastodon does. I'm using Mastodon now instead of Twitter. Tumblr is back. Tumblr got purchased by Automatic, and they are making it a good service again after Yahoo kind of ruined it. Reddit, YouTube Shorts, Instagram Reels. They both compete with TikTok. Uh, LinkedIn. I put short stuff on LinkedIn, and you can even do it on Facebook. Speaking of social media, boy, oh boy, love it or hate it, social media is where people get attention. They generate awareness. They build an audience. You know, some people hit it big immediately, like Jenna Ortega. If you don't know who she is, she plays Wednesday Adams on the new, uh, that new Netflix show, Wednesday. She gained 10 million Instagram followers in just 10 days. (laughs) I'm a little jealous. I'm a little jealous. However, most of us will need to work a lot harder to gain even hundreds or a few thousand of followers. It's taken me years. Then again, I'm a middle-aged man living a normal life. I am not an up-and-coming Hollywood star. So yeah, social media, you know, just treat like a marketing tool. Use it for your needs instead of letting it use you. You need to write a good bio, have a good profile photo, and then consistently post content that aligns with who you are, what you believe in, and find different ways to demonstrate your talent, your knowledge, your skills, your experience, and your expertise. Follow people you admire. Engage with people in the right way by leaving thoughtful comments, asking smart questions, and one of the best ways to get noticed on social media is to help people. People ask questions all the time. People are struggling all the time. So when you see something that your expertise could help them solve a problem, speak up, comment, use your experience to help them. This works well on multiple platforms. LinkedIn's another one, so you should leverage LinkedIn to show up more often. And I wrote quite a bit about how to write a good uh, bio and headline and all that kind of stuff and how you can use LinkedIn to, to get people to remember who you are networking strategically to boost awareness. So I talked a lot about networking in chapter 14. So I'm not going to get into a lot of those details, but you can connect with people to update them about who you are and what you're doing. A lot of people don't know. As much as I publish and create podcasts and use social media, there are still people who had no idea I was running a coaching business when I saw them in person. (laughs) Some people don't use social media. Some people don't use LinkedIn. And so it does help to reach out, send a message to say hi to people, update them about your life, find out what they're up to, schedule some video chats with people, a few people you can't do with everybody and catch up, engage more deeply, talk about what you're up to. 
And with a very few people, schedule some coffee meetups, have some lunches with the people that matter most to you. People are pretty generous. People want to help each other, especially if they like you and you're a friend, you're a colleague. But they need to know what you're doing, (laughs) right? They need to know what you're up to, what your goals are. They can't help you if they don't know. Um, I talk about writing stories and articles to get noticed. Medium was a great way to start that for myself. I started writing there seven, seven or eight years ago. I don't remember. But I have somewhere between five to 6,000 followers there. And it really helped. When I started writing on Medium, people would reach out to me. That's how I got many of my coaching clients. Uh, and then I migrated to Substack, which I love. And I use that for my newsletter and for podcast hosting. And that's why I think you should build your email list because you're always going to be beholden to the algorithm if you use social media. And it's a risky to put all your followers and all your content into social media and even LinkedIn. If you have an email list and you publish newsletter or updates to your subscribers, it goes to everyone's inbox. They don't say, oh, I'm only going to show this to 10% of your subscribers. They don't do that. <laughs> but that's what happens on Facebook and LinkedIn, Medium. That's why I moved to Substack. You know, like I said, I have almost 6,000 followers and there are times I publish something and look and it gets like 100 views. How do I only get 100 views on a story that supposedly goes to 6,000 people? They throttle it. So create an email list because it is yours and it is portable. I'm going to wrap this up. So I know this isn't easy. I know it may not feel comfortable to put yourself out there. If you're introverted like me, the last thing you want to do is shine a spotlight on yourself. I get it. However, I've learned that being quiet and hoping good things will happen naturally for you isn't a brilliant strategy. No one cares about creating an amazing life for you as much as you do, except for maybe your mother. That's reality. Building the invincible you requires being proactive, taking matters into your own hands. So great opportunities will come your way. There is a way to market and promote yourself without feeling gross about it. Consistently and frequently putting your thoughts and work out into the world helps the right people find you. They will appreciate who you are, what you stand for, and what you can do. Slowly but surely, great things will happen. So I know I had to rush through this. If you want to read it, you can go to newsletter.invinciblelife.me. This is book chapter, Generating Awareness and Building Your Audience, issue 15. And this will probably be the last episode before the end of the year. So I just want to wish you happy holidays and a happy new year. And I will speak to you again in January. Take care. Until next time, I wish you the best of luck with pursuing the life of your dreams so you can be happier, healthier, and more fulfilled.